0: welcome in ladies and gentlemen there's probably no ladies listening let's face it welcome in folks uh this is rj bell's dream preview the college basketball edition this is the weekend edition getting you ready for the friday saturday sunday games i am aj hoffman he is griffin warner griffin how we doing man last time you were a little under the weather what are we looking like now
1: uh, you know, the weather is uh, is getting much better. Um, the bets have stayed hot no matter how high my temperature was
0: um, and looking to keep that going. And I believe we're coming in off another 2-0. Yes, we are. That's uh, always nice. 2-0 on
1: best bets. Great, great. Two straight for me. And, uh, you know, I'm really hoping that we can uh, consolidate and go 2-0 back-to-back as, a, as we just try to
0: start off a perfect weekend for everyone. Yep, That's what we're here for. So same format as usual. We're going to go through the big games this weekend and then we're going to give our best bets at the end. We'll probably throw in a promo code to uh, help you out at pregame.com while we're at it. But let's start. Uh, let's start in the Mountain West where we got a good one here in New Mexico and Boise State going at it and. This one we we don't have to project the number. This one right now there's two and a halfs and threes out there. New Mexico, a slight favorite. Um, It feels to me like I, I don't know what New Mexico has to do to start getting a little bit of respect. Like this team is has been incredible this season, and I guess a lot of it is the preseason expectations weren't there. They they started the season like 140 in Kin um, but they are now 17 and two, and it's not you know they they're not skipping over good teams here. Like this is a team that's got a road win at St. Mary's. They've got a win over Iona. Uh, they they got a, a like a almost a 20 point win against Colorado State. They went to Wyoming when Wyoming was good and healthy and beat them there. Uh, they they just handled Oral Roberts like a little over a week ago. And then they went to San Diego State and crushed them in their building, which is really hard to do. Boise's playing well, but it it feels like this New Mexico, the Pit, is such a good home court. And when you look at Boise's resume, you know you see away loss Nevada, away loss Santa Clara, neutral loss Charlotte. It, It feels like they're they're certainly more vulnerable. Uh, away from home than not. I, I like what Boise's done defensively. I think this is going to be a an ugly, sort of grimy, grinded out game. But I think New Mexico gets the job done here. I, I think I'm higher on the Lobos than most. Uh, I, I feel like th- they protect the ball well, and I mean, so does Boise. Um, but they should have an advantage on the glass and when it comes to getting to the free throw line, New Mexico is extremely good, particularly at home. Uh, I, I think that they find some easy points along the way, relatively easy against Boise and get the job done here. What do you see in this one? Uh,
1: Number seems short to me. Um, and usually that's because either the home team is not very good or the road team is better than I guess either I was expecting or, or I think that's what the line is saying um Boise's been playing really well uh back them a couple Saturdays ago in a home game where I feel like they weren't getting priced fairly maybe the market has overcorrected um but Boise does have I don't want to make this an uh, all New Mexico Lobo love fest I mean Boise's got some really good players uh Marcus Shaver who's coming off of injury from earlier in the year who hasn't really been himself but is getting healthier by the day it seems Max Rice coach's son Um, you'll hear that 14 times in the broadcast tomorrow. And then I really love Tyson Degenhart, who's a kind of a mismatch for small five, maybe could play three, probably has no pro prospects, but is really good at this level. And I just, I wonder, um, as my new year, new me, I'm trying to do a little bit more of trusting the marketplace than I have in the past where I just like everyone in the market's dumb, which is not a great idea. And it obviously goes against math and things of that <laughs> nature. But um, I, I just am trying to want, I'm trying to figure out with, as you listed and, and it, even that St. Mary's win is, is awesome for New, New Mexico as well. Um, why would this number be short of three and that, I mean, I have Torvik's shown at 2.9. So that seems about in the range, but um, uh, we-
0: Ken Ken Palm shows it as a one point win for New Mexico. So that there is a little bit of, you know, there's some love going for the Lobos here to get it up to two and a half or three, which Ken Palm has to have a winner in every game. So that might be around a, a
1: pick em even. Even um, I, I just, I see a lot of green when I check out the matches page on Torvik. And, and I got to say, um, to me, these teams both look really good. Uh, there's a very low probability of this game finishing with a scoreline of sub-one possession, though. So, I mean, it seems like if you like the underdog, I'm always a, a believer in taking the points. But I feel like you can, take, you can lay the, the
0: points on New Mexico here, and, and they're likely one of those sides will obviously win. Yeah, it, it just feels like, like when I look at, at Ken Palm and I see Boise at 24 and New Mexico at 48, it mm. just doesn't seem right given you know it, this Boise team has a loss to South Dakota State at home like it, 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 which south dakota state normally a pretty strong program not very good this year that's not a good loss it, it, i mean their best win non conference was probably colorado uh on a neutral mind you not at colorado so i don't know i i just feels like boise based on it, Prior performances and expectation coming into the season, getting a little more love right now than New Mexico is. So I Do, feel like to that point, AJ, I think Boise. I mean, just Ken Palm numbers in general. I think until next
1: week, still consider um, like season entering ideas and where teams are. I think it bases until the end of January. If I if I'm not mistaken, um, Torvik has Boise 20 and New Mexico 24. So those are very similar numbers, but still would favor New Mexico a little bit in this matchup based on location. Um, I don't think any see anything in the profile that makes me think that New Mexico doesn't deserve its ranking. obviously, those wins look great. maybe I just feel like Ken Pom maybe didn't have a great opinion of New Mexico as I don't think any of us did entering the season and uh, I feel like the really high tempo teams really don't get a lot of love from Ken Pomeroy, the weatherman from Salt Lake City. All right, let's
0: talk let's go to the pack twelve uh where we've got a good one here, and this number may surprise you. Arizona, we're going to project to be a home underdog. That's right. We're going to go UCLA minus two at Arizona. You, you've been saying this, uh, I think, since yesterday. Like you'd expect this to come as a an Arizona favor, or excuse me, as a UCLA favorite. And it, like as I dug into trying to create these lines today, it's what I'm seeing too. Although. Arizona, as we record, is in the midst of uh, putting a whooping on uh, you and Andy Infield's boys uh, <laughs> at USC. <laughs> um, and oftentimes, like I, I like, it, it seems like the the way the Pac-12 scheduling works, often you'll get a better result. Like the, the home teams have a good result in their first game, and then. The the second game is a little bit tougher on them. We saw that with Oregon, uh, you know, last week where Oregon has a really good showing uh, in their first game and then just lays a complete egg at home in their second game of the weekend. It, it, what are your thoughts on this matchup? And do you think that this, you know, that it's warranted that UCLA is a favorite here?
1: Uh, hard to, like disagree completely with UCLA considering they've stacked 13 wins in a row. Their two losses were on neutral courts, back-to-back games, two days apart against pretty good competition. Whether the Baylor and Illinois losses have looked great since then, they've certainly gotten worse with time. Um, But I got to say, and and there was some kind of hints to Arizona, maybe not being as strong as I thought they were, considering they're a pretty small favorite at home to Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, great program, obviously really good. Uh, and also a pretty small favorite to Creighton in Maui, if I remember correctly. So um, I don't really know what that really means to me necessarily, but um, it's very rare that you get to see Arizona uh, in Tucson and underdog. Uh, certainly, it would be one of the best teams in their schedule. I uh, was actually looking at this game uh, before the season really got going, thinking about trying to make this into a, an annual college basketball trip. I do, but I'll actually be in Vegas, AJ's hometown this weekend, or maybe, maybe adopted town. Uh, I've got a bachelor party. So something else to do, but um, th- to me, this is going to be one of the best games of the year. And I expected Arizona from the beginning of the season to be a favorite here. And, and now that they're drifting into an underdog, um, I do think UCLA is really good, but I think they're going to have a really tough time fighting that bear down crowd. And uh, I think Arizona has really, as you said, laid a couple eggs. Um, I guess you're saying Oregon did that, but it seemed to be an Arizona thing as well. And it usually seems to happen when they shoot really poorly from three point land happened at Utah uh, in a loss happened at home to Washington state in that loss. And then on the road at, at Oregon, I don't think you can blame their three point shooting, but their interior defense didn't look great. I, I just, I don't really know exactly why Arizona's had some some bad showings. Uh, I feel like those are some of those games that should have been wins, but uh, maybe they're just a little bit more inconsistent than we would would expect. But I feel like we're going
0: to get a great showing for them on Saturday night. Yeah, it's funny thinking back. And you mentioned Maui, and it, it, I, I started looking at, at that tournament, which, if you remember, was a really awesome tournament. Like there was some really great games there. But now, when you when you look back on it and you see all those teams there it's like texas tech who's like oh and six in big 12 play all of a sudden uh san diego state's losing at home now creighton had their dry run in the middle of the season ohio state's like nearing disaster level and then arizona is is struggling uh as well it's it's just kind of funny to to think that it looked like, man, there's, it's Cincinnati, I guess, is the last team that was there, and they haven't looked very good either. But it's funny that all those teams, those six teams or eight teams, whatever, that were there, it all felt like, man, this is just such a great, great crop of teams. And it turns out that they're all pretty flawed, including Arizona. Uh, but it does feel like Arizona, it, like you said, I, this, is, this should be one of the best games of the season. Like, I... This is a game that Arizona is going to take probably more serious than any game on the PAC 12 schedule. I never would have thought by this point that Arizona would have three losses in PAC 12 play. Uh, you, you, I would have lost a massive bet on that uh, given that they, you know, they had those wins over Creighton and San Diego state, Tennessee, you mentioned early in the season. I was like, man, this is a really strong team. And the the one early season loss was at Utah, which, No one's going to fault you losing at Utah. So, but the 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 home loss to Washington State is when I really started to worry about this team. Obviously, if you're losing to teams like that at home, your home fields, your home courts, pardon me, is is probably not as uh, as as dominant as I would have expected it to be. But I do think that being early after the break, now all the students are back. uh, You're playing UCLA should be a, a, a pretty strong crowd. I, I would expect them to be hyped up. And I, I think Arizona as a dog is a is a good look here.
1: Yeah, so there's, I feel like in every season, there are some weird losses that happen, bad shooting nights, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know that that is something that we could say for multiple losses. And I do think that for tournament time, it's a really good thing to keep an idea of who's had some really bad losses, because that might mean they show up and have those those sort of past memories come up in tournament play, which is when your bracket gets busted. But um, I don't know that we touched on UCLA so much. I mean, they're so strong. There's not a lot to, to kind of pick that's wrong with them. Um, it's pretty much a similar team besides Johnny Juzang that looks really good. Like they're going to go on a potential title run last season, if not for running into Caleb Love and his miracle threes um, deep in the shot clock. So Um, This is a great team. I think no one really liked the Mick Cronin hire, but he's been awesome at at UCLA. And I mean, this is going to be a great game. I would expect that the money will kind of flow towards the Arizona side based on playing at home. Um, But it's an Arizona or nothing for for me. All right, let's
0: go to the Big East where we've got Seton Hall and Marquette. We're going to call Seton Hall about a three-point home dog uh Ken Palm makes it a two-point home dog. It might, it might be two. Uh again, this is not it's not an exact science, certainly when we're trying to project what these lines will be. But Marquette coming off a really nice win against Providence uh after losing the, the nip and tuck game against Xavier. Seton Hall coming off a really nice win over Yukon, though I guess the real question is: how nice is that win over Yukon? Because UConn, who you know, maybe it wasn't even a full month ago we were talking about, oh, my God, this team is for real. Like, remember, they beat Alabama early in the season, like beat beat the snot out of Alabama early in the season. Uh, they beat up on Florida and, and Oklahoma State, Iowa State they beat up on. I was like, man, this team is the real deal. And they beat Villanova before we knew Villanova's flaws now this UConn team's lost five out of six. So I don't know if we say, oh, well, Seton Hall beating them by one, that's a big win. I don't know if it is a big win at this point. What I do know is Marquette's for real. And we've, we we kind of talked about them before that for a shock of smart, we knew the defense would be strong. We knew they'd be trying to force turnovers. Um, what we didn't expect was this would be the most efficient offense in the country, which it is this is a, an old school offense versus defense kind of matchup. I tend to, we've talked about it before. I, I tend to like Marquette a little bit again, because I feel like that with their tempo and Seton hall being sort of a size team, I think those, those teams get worn down. We actually saw it when Marquette played Yukon, another team with, with multiple bigs out on the floor, just kind of wore them down. And by the end of the game, they were, they were gassed out. Marquette was still going, uh, I've tried really hard, although I did play one tonight. It was a loser, shocker, <laughs> uh, to stop playing these road favorites. But I, it's it would be Marquette or pass for me. So w- what are you seeing in this one? Yeah, um, as the shepherd of home underdogs, if that's the right term to
1: use, uh, I have absolutely no interest in backing Seton Hall. Unfortunately, I feel like Sheen Holloway, uh, good for him, getting the, the head job at his alma mater, but – the style of basketball he plays, I think is like maybe good in tournament play. And maybe when you're a 15 seed that catches a lot of teams by surprise, but I don't think it's been working. Um, the Connecticut stuff is still really bizarre. I wonder like if Dan Hurley just had a lot of, is really good friends with Chris Holtman or something. is just tanking teams as he goes. Um, but I, I just, from the C Hall's perspective, um, they are to me really not very big. They're uh filled with players from that St. Peter's team um, that were very low recruits that pretty much are super physical. And that works in tournament play. I think a lot more than it does in regular season stuff might have a better whistle at home, but um, I'm still so shocked. Like pinch me Shaka Smart's got the most efficient offense in America. Never would have expected that one, but he's got a really good point guard and a really good center that both can pass really well and both can score. Um, I don't think the Seton Hall can keep up with the Marquette team on a good day. They're going to need to really be physical with Marquette, which I think they will be, but then that toes the line of how many fouls are going to be called against them. Um, I just don't really like the setup for Seton Hall. I don't, I don't see them as a good enough three point shooting team to get hot and then all of a sudden run away from Marquette. And I feel like while Marquette certainly is a little bit um, in danger going on the road to who knows what's going on with referee and officiating being skewed by home crowds, but I just don't think there's enough there for Seton Hall that I want to watch them for 40 minutes being like, this is the team
0: I bet on. I could see that happening. All right. Well, it sounds like we kind of agree on that one. Uh, let's look at a big 12 game Baylor and Oklahoma. We're going to project Baylor as a plus one, as a dog Ooh. on the road. Uh, does that interest you against boomer sooner? Um, I've had
1: a lot of, Tough times with Oklahoma this year, including a uh, three-pointer at the buzzer by West Virginia um, who never led an entire game yet covered uh, a three-point spread. And that's kind of how my Oklahoma bets have gone this year. I feel like I still really like Oklahoma. I love Porter, Porter Moser and his ability to get the ball inside. Um, Grant Shurefield, I think, is one of the best shooters that no one really talks about in all of college basketball. But at this point in the season, like, I think I have to get to the, like, come to grips with it. They don't do enough to win games, whether it's like really bad turnovers, end of halves that like swing momentum or whatever they are. Um, unfortunately, I just think this OU team is, is, seems to be a little bit further away from being a, a team that I think could go deep in an NCAA tournament. Um, maybe one player, maybe a, 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 like having a little bit more athleticism in the bigs because uh, the Grove brothers certainly aren't going to do much for you there. Um, I'm not sure they have much of a vertical, but um, I just like Baylor. And I got to say uh, back them at Texas Tech, which was scary with that crowd, even at 0 and 5 and Big 12 play. Still like the third most attended in all of Big 12 basketball. Apparently ESPN was throwing that set up there. Um, and and Baylor is, is just going to play an offense where they're going to shoot a ton of threes. And if they go in, they are really hard to beat. If they don't go in, then you got a chance, um, OU and pretty much all the the decent clubs around all of college basketball have good three point defense numbers. Um, but it's a whole different thing when Baylor is just going to do everything they want. And I worry that Keontae George is going to really take advantage of smaller, less experienced, less physical offensive like Oklahoma guards excuse me and I just I don't know that I'm in a position where I'm looking to go against Baylor at all anymore
0: yeah I'm not either and I I feel like because Baylor had their three-game swoon uh early in conference play, they started out oh and three they're now sitting at three and three what I've realized about the big 12 is every win is a good win and there aren't any bad losses in the Big Twelve. Like if Texas Tech and West Virginia are the worst teams in the Big Twelve, and they might be, neither one of them have a conference win yet. I don't think. Like those are good; those are tournament caliber teams. So if that's your your worst losses, it's like man, maybe we're overstating how desperate times are for Baylor. Because in hindsight, looking at their losses, they they lost in OT to Kansas State, lost to TCU losing at Iowa state. None of those are bad losses, the non-conference losses uh, at Marquette, like, I mean, we just talked about it. that's, that's not a bad loss at all. Like, I mean, it, it, they weren't very competitive in it, but and then the Virginia loss uh, early in the season, but this is still a team that's beat UCLA. They've beat Gonzaga. We just saw them run off three straight wins in, in conference play. Like this is still a really good basketball team. And I think, you know, looking at him and say, Oh, 13 and five, that's not what anybody expected at this point of the season. Baylor's a massive disappointment. I think it's kind of a foolish move because this team still has the talent to be, you know, I think still could be a final four team. It, it, it's possible. So I, I do think that we're still, and the, the one thing that worries me about buying into Baylor right now is. Their their next game is against Kansas. So and it's on Monday. It's like a quick turnaround. So if if you don't get a fully focused effort on the road, knowing that the Jayhawks are going to be waiting for you at your house when you get back uh, in a a game that's lined so tightly, I, I could see that being a slip up spot. But I just trust Baylor and I I trust Scott Drew a little bit more than I trust Oklahoma right now.
1: I mean, to that point, um, I think those three losses and starting out Big 12 play, I'm sure they thought they were going to win the Big 12 championship. Um, I feel like they're not really in a position to overlook anybody Um, going on the road, as you said, is no small thing in the Big 12, which is such an incredible conference. I'm really happy my alma mater is running away to the SEC um, from the basketball side of things, Um, not so much the football side. But I I just feel like Baylor, ultimately, they're going to go from that – like zoo that is Lubbock. And I say that in a nice way to a, a library at Lord at Lloyd Noble in, in Norman. So um, I, I feel like Baylor and and I'm kind of hoping that they take a couple losses as we go. It would uh, make me feel a little bit more vindicated about my OU opinions, but also I feel like I want some value on Baylor going forward. And especially in that Monday night game, when they welcome in a Kansas team that I think is a lot more flawed than the record
0: says. All right, let's uh before we get to best bets, let's save the people a little bit of money at pregame.com. Let's do it. Use the promo code ACC Atlantic
1: Coast Conference 20. Uh get 20% off for all listeners of college basketball podcast. It's good for 7 days from this release. You have until the 27th. But why wait? We have the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. We got AJ and my picks on on college hoops. I know AJ's putting UFC stuff out there. I can't tell you a UFC fighter besides Ronda Rousey. So I'm she's not uh, in the
0: UFC. No, no.
1: it was a joke, AJ. It was a joke. <laughs> but uh, if you want soccer picks uh, and you want to wake up, crack it down with me, uh, come on in. They're trying to get their trying to get them out overnight. But use the promo code ACC twenty for twenty percent off. All listeners, anything you want to buy in the pregame dots. .com website you get years worth of picks if you want uh and 20% off of all that. So, let's get into best bets. AJ,
0: do you want us lead us off? You tell me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm yeah, down go ahead. for whatever. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go all right, ahead. I am going to go with Southern Miss minus 1 against James Madison. And yeah, James Madison's good. They they are good, but they aren't what they were early in the season, I don't think. They they just broke a three-game losing streak with a home win over Georgia Southern. The three losses weren't very good either. It's home; they were home against Texas State, who stinks. Home against App State, and a road loss at South Alabama. And then they played an overtime game tonight at Troy, and now they won in overtime. And now they got to turn around and play on Saturday. So they win Thursday night, overtime game. You got to go to go to go to Southern Miss on Saturday. Meanwhile, Southern Miss had a home game tonight against South South Alabama. They got to win and southern miss has four losses this year they're all on the road a lot of quality wins this season vanderbilt liberty troy i think they get another one here southern miss great at forcing turnovers jmu's 267th in turnover rate and southern miss a top 50 team in offensive rebounding i think those extra possessions and free throw disparity jmu's outside the top 250 in free throw percentage i think that's the difference i like southern miss Minus one, I played up to a full possession against James Madison.
1: Yeah, uh, that one looks good. I feel like James Madison um, finally getting admitted to the Sunbelt Conference. I don't know that they were there last year. Um, I'm not sure that they've ever really made a trip in the, when they were part of the Colonial to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. But uh, I think Southern Miss has looked really good this year. And I'm really looking forward to what they can put together and potentially even sneak into the NCAA tournament. Uh, For my best bet, I'm going to grab San Francisco. Uh, The AJ Swamy put it out there at Pickham hosting BYU this weekend. There is games tonight that are involved, I think, both these teams. So we'll see what happens, uh, where this line goes. I'll play San Francisco up to minus three. I just feel like BYU is a team that turns the ball over a lot and can't shoot threes. Those are really scary things to do as a a road team, especially when you're lined within a possession or even at a Pickham. Um, I just don't really believe in this BYU team. I feel like they are not the same talent-wise they had been a few seasons ago. I feel like they're one of the victims of the transfer portal. It hasn't worked so well for them. Uh, I don't think Mark Pope's job is in jeopardy by any means, but I really like the San Francisco team. I feel like they they elevated their top or their their top assistant or associate head coach when Todd Golden was lured away by Florida. They're playing similarly, and they have some really great talent still around. Uh, it's a very similar team. Plus, they added a great three point shooter in Zane Meeks. So, uh, give me San
0: Francisco as a small favorite at home to BYU. Yeah, I'm I'm with it. Anything, anytime you say against BYU, I'm probably going to be with you on it. Uh, I'm on Santa Clara tonight. I think you are as well. Yep. Um. Yeah. I I don't like anything about this BYU team. I it, we've talked about them before on this podcast. I just don't I don't think they're very good. So, uh, and the name brand and it again what we talked about with New Mexico. Like a lot of a lot of last year's stuff is carrying over into this year's analytics. And while it's working against New Mexico, I think in a way it's working for BYU in the market. Uh, so I still think we can play against them pretty cheaply. so I like that one as well. All right, that is gonna do it for another episode um, of the college basketball dream preview. Enjoy the games this weekend. Hopefully it's nice and profitable. Hopefully another two and O we'll be discussing on Sunday night Let's going into uh, the the next week's games griffin always a pleasure my man and uh you guys good luck and we'll talk to you on sunday night